wish chapter 30. The next day, Mama called again. I could hear her voice clear across the kitchen table when she talks to Bertha. It was loud and fast. Bertha kept saying, slow down, Carla. And what are you talking about? And then she said, wait, what? Chattanooga? With who? For how long? Bertha kept shaking her head and her face got redder by the minute. And then she hollered, what about Charlie? You know, your daughter? Bertha almost never got mad about anything more than a cat bringing a mouse inside. So it was a bit of a shock to hear her yelling like that. But then it got worse. She lit into Mama, telling her how she needed to get a hold of herself and act like a mother, how she needed to think about somebody besides herself sometimes. So you're just going to waltz on up to Chattanooga and come back and be a mother when you're good and ready. Is that it, Carla? And then Bertha was staring at the phone in her hand, and the silence on the other end felt heavy and sad in that little kitchen. Am I going back to Raleigh? Popped out of my mouth when I wasn't even expecting it to. No, you aren't, Bertha said. And then she told me she had some calls to make and I should go down to Howard's. I told Howard everything, starting with that squinty-eyed social services lady telling us how the situation in Raleigh had improved and ending with Bertha saying, no, you aren't. And when I was done, he said, ain't Bertha the best? And wasn't that so like Howard, finding the only good part when things were so bad? I wondered what he thought about a mama who just waltzes up to Chattanooga instead of making orange jello and coffee mugs. For a minute, I even wondered if he still wanted to be my friend, knowing that my family was all broken up like it was. But that thought flew right out of my mind when he said, come on, let's build a fort. So we spent the afternoon in the Odom's dusty ramshackle garage, searching for stuff to make a fort with. Scraps of wood, a warped table with no legs, a rusty stop sign riddled with bullet holes. Cotton kept following us around, saying, What about this? And holding up something dumb like a broken hamster cage or an empty paint can. Wishbone-like went crazy sniffing around for mice and chipmunks or whatever else might have been in that garage, chewing on bags of birdseed or nesting in a busted radiator. Lenny and Burl helped us drag everything to the woods at the edge of the yard, and then Howard wanted to sit on the porch and draw a plan for the fort. Me? I'd just dive right in, but not Howard. He was a planner. We worked on our fort for a while, but it was too hot, so we went inside and laid on the living room floor in front of the fan. I stared up at the water-stained ceiling and said, I hope I don't have to go back to Raleigh. My voice came out all quivery, and I had to swallow hard to keep the tears from coming. I hoped Howard wouldn't say, I thought you wanted to go back to Raleigh. And guess what? He didn't say that. Instead, he said, you're not. How do you know? I just know. He said that so firm and sure that I felt better right away. After a while, Mrs. Odom came in and told me Bertha had called and that I should go home. So I tied Wishbone's leash to Lenny's bike and I headed off up the road with my stomach starting with that familiar swirl again. What if Bertha hadn't been able to make things right for me after all?